the grace and peace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you. Let's turn and greet one another. We welcome you to Laguna Presbyterian Church on this World Communion Sunday as we celebrate that God's love reaches all the way around the world and is not just for uh, people in Laguna Beach or people in the United States of America. Some of you came in international dress. I even saw a kilt back in the back. Roger Dennis, nice kilt, very nice. Thank you for dressing internationally, those of you who did that. It adds to the day and to our remembrance of the church around the world. You can see some of the, oh, I'm sorry, there's a friendship pad that is on each pew. It's near the center aisle, and we'd love to have you fill that out, whether you're visiting or whether you're regularly with us. It's a black folder that you'll find there. Also this morning, as part of our offering, we are receiving our regular offering, but also there is an offering for peace in the world. It is for peace and global witness to end suffering and violence. Some of it will be used around the world by the PCUSA. Part of it will be used locally. And those envelopes should be in the pews. If they're not and you want to give to that, you could write that on one of the blue envelopes that you'll find in the pews. This afternoon at 1 o'clock, there is a service in celebration of the life of Gil Orr, and you are all welcome to be here as part of that. And next Sunday morning, we have our flu shots being offered free by Hogue Hospital through our parish nurses. No need to sign up, just come to Tankersley Hall and have your flu shot next Sunday morning. Our third Friday group during October is going to have a country western evening with her own Jesse and his band, and we are so glad to have you back. It is a fun evening whenever Jesse plays. So we're having country western music, Cincinnati barbecue, uh, Cincinnati chili, and there's an opportunity for line dancing if you would like to line dance during the evening. You can sign up for that on the patio today. Also, it, there is a new member orientation in November. If you've been attending for a while and think that you might be interested in knowing more about us, or perhaps becoming a member of our congregation, that's an opportunity for you in the hour that we meet to answer, answer, ask and answer questions, to um, complete the membership process if you would like to. You can sign up for that also today outside. Our sacred story group is inviting people to learn this fresh way to pray and to be more aware of God's presence and God's love throughout your day and throughout your week. It is a way of praying uh, this set kind of prayer for 15 minutes a day. And the last chance to sign up for the new group is going to be next Sunday. They are taking sign-ups today also. Uh, you can see our men's retreat is happening in only three weeks. You can sign up online. John McKaig is going to be the speaker. Men's retreat is always a great weekend. And there's also information there about the women's retreat, which will be in March. And our uh, Red Cross blood drive is happening in at the end of October. We need people to volunteer not only to give blood, but also to help with that. Let's turn our hearts to the Lord. God of peace, you invite us to come into your presence. You've come first to us in the Prince of Peace, Jesus Christ, our Savior and Lord, and you have connected us with people around the earth. And so this morning we, we come to your table to receive the gift of your peace and love. We pray for us and we pray for the church around the world. May we be a light in this present darkness. May we shine the light of your justice and peace to the ends of the earth. 
Now we thank you for all your good gifts. In Jesus' name, amen. Join me in the responsive call to worship. Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Sing to the Lord, bless his name. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. He is to be revered above all gods. Honor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. O sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Say among the nations, the Lord is king. This morning we do sing a new song to the Lord. You'll find it on the music insert. The praise team will teach it through, we'll sing it through one time. Invite you to join, and then we'll sing it in Spanish. Oh, sing to the Lord. Oh, sing God a new song. Oh, sing to the Lord. Oh, sing God a new song. Oh, sing to the Lord. Oh, sing
When we come into the holy presence of God, our own humanity is laid bare. When we stand in the living presence of truth, our own falsehood is revealed. So people of God, let us acknowledge who we are and ask our ever-present God to forgive us. Let us pray. O God of Shalom, we have built up walls to protect ourselves from our enemies. But those walls also shut us off from receiving your love. Break down those walls. Help us to see that the way to your heart is through the reconciliation of our hearts with our enemies. Bless them and us that we may come to grow in love for each other and for you. In mercy, help us, O God of Shalom, as we bring to you the silent confessions of our hearts. For we pray in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. My friends, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. He has rescued us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his beloved Son, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. May we lead lives worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work, and growing in the knowledge of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Our first reading this morning is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 122. Part of the Psalms called the Psalms of Ascent that the pilgrims sang on their way up to Jerusalem to worship the Lord in the city of peace. Psalm 122. I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. Our feet are standing within your gates, O Jerusalem. Jerusalem built as a city that is bound firmly together. To it the tribes go up, the tribes of the Lord, as was decreed for Israel, to give thanks to the name of the Lord. For there the thrones for judgment were set up, the thrones of the house of David. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May they prosper who love you. Peace be within your walls and security within your towers. For the sake of my relatives and friends, I will say, peace be within you. For the sake of the house of the Lord our God, I will seek your good. And from the Gospel of Luke, chapter 19, we read about the entry of Jesus into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. I believe that Jesus entered Jerusalem with Psalm 122 and others echoing in his heart as he came to the holy city as the king, the prince of peace, to claim his city for the presence and the power of the living God. 
Luke 19, verse 41. As Jesus came near and saw the city, he wept over it, saying, If you, even you, had only recognized on this day the things that make for peace, but now they are hidden from your eyes. Indeed, the days will come upon you when your enemies will set up ramparts around you and surround you and hem you in on every side. They will crush you to the ground, you and your children within you, and they will not leave within you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation from God. Then he entered the temple and began to drive out those who were selling things there. And he said, it is written, my house shall be a house of prayer, but you have made it a den of robbers. And every day he was teaching in the temple. The chief priests and the scribes and the leaders of the people kept looking for a way to kill him. But they did not find anything they could do. For all the people were spellbound by what they heard. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Earlier in the gospel, we read that Jesus set his face to go up to Jerusalem. In doing so, he was moving toward David's city, toward the capital, politically speaking, toward the capital, religiously speaking. He was going up to announce and to proclaim and to live out the claims of the kingdom of God's peace, of God's healing love and reconciling power. And he came with this psalm echoing in his heart, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And indeed, Jesus knew that Jerusalem needed God's peace more than ever before. He knew the whole Old Testament story of the destruction of Jerusalem in the 6th century B.C. under the Babylonians, how the walls of the city were raised, and the temple was burned, and the kings were killed, and the people were transported far away into Babylon and Jerusalem, the city of peace that symbolized the kingdom of God's peace was left in ruins. There's something in that story that is an absolutely parable for the whole history of humanity and our history of violence and warfare. And so Jesus stood outside the old walls of the city, stood he rode on a donkey, a symbol of peace. There he stopped for a while. His disciples and others were acclaiming him. Blessed is the king, the one who's coming in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and peace on the earth. When the religious authorities heard the acclamations of the people, they said to Jesus, tell your disciples to stop. This is not the place to talk about peace. <laughs> Jesus wept over the old city. He lamented. Indeed, many of the Psalms are laments 
as Israel in its prayer book cried out for the things of God, for the city of Jerusalem, for its life together, for its vulnerability amongst the nations. Jesus had read Jeremiah the prophet who in his prophetic critique said, you, you religious authorities, you have not healed my people deeply. The wound of my people has not gone away. You say to my people, peace, peace, when there is no peace. Is there no bomb in Gilead? Is there no physician that can touch our people, our nation, and make it whole and realize God's shalom translated as salvation? Rescue, well-being, wholeness. We are not yet healed the summer's gone, and the fall has come, but my people are not yet healed, and Jeremiah wept. And so Jesus wept. He said to the city, you do not know the things that make for peace. You did not know the day of your visitation from God. You did not realize that the light of God's glory was shining into the holy city in my life. The glory of God, the light of God, the peace of God incarnate in the flesh of Jesus coming to offer Himself to the people to be accepted and believed and celebrated. And yet the response is, of the authorities to Jesus was simply a plot to put him to death. And Jesus realized, I think, that the city would say no. No to the presence of the king. We will continue in our own way. And Jesus came with this psalm of peace. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Pray that it may be made strong. Pray that it might be built up, that its towers will stand, that its walls will be strong. Pray that the people will work for the good of the city. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, not just the passive act, but an acceptance of a stewardship responsibility to renew the faith to restore the mission of God through His people. As Christians, we read these psalms, we enter into the spirit of Palm Sunday. And we find ourselves being invited to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And of course, we do pray for that city, as important as it is. You go to Jerusalem today and you see it's a divided city. There's great longing and yet great potential for disaster throughout the Middle East. But when we pray these psalms, pray for the peace of Jerusalem, we are praying for the peace of every city in the world. This is God's world. 
And God made this world to live in His justice and in righteousness. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son so that whoever should believe in Him should not perish but have eternal life. I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly, Jesus said. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Jesus had not lost hope because he knew the sovereign Lord of heaven and earth. And he invited his disciples to enter into these prayers. But it is a dangerous thing to pray for peace it is a word that uh, is so easily misunderstood or misinterpreted. And every time I have come to a text in the Bible that talks about God's shalom, one of the Bible's favorite words, I have had my knees knocking because it's so easily to be misunderstood as to what you're saying. We need to reclaim that word shalom <laughs> because it means God's salvation. Praying for our world to be saved and to be restored to what God intended it to be in the beginning. PBS has been showing the Tim Part video series this last 10 days of uh, Ken Burns' new documentary on the Vietnam War. Most of us are old enough that we live through that. If we didn't, we should learn about that period of our history that has shaped the last 50 years of American life and stirred amazing controversies in the life of our nation. 1968, just at the turning of that war with the Tet Offensive and all the things that happened in our society that year, with the assassination of Martin Luther King Jr. and the and of Robert Kennedy in Los Angeles with cities burning, with a Democratic convention exploding in Chicago, with sides divided. I was invited to preach at the La Cañada Presbyterian Church where I was an assistant pastor while I was in graduate school at the Claremont Graduate School. I was invited to preach, and my subject was, how can we give thanks in a year like 1968? And I did my very best to proclaim the gospel of peace. Deeply rooted in scripture and the tradition and history of the church. And I told a story about humanity's need to be reconciled to God. And we read the text from Ephesians 2 that said that God in Christ, in the blood of the cross, reconciled all humanity to himself and absorb the hostility and warfare of human nature that simply wants to kill God. God took all that into himself and opened the door for us to live in right relationship with himself, to live in the fullness of the spirit of peace. He incorporated us into a new humanity made up of Jews and Gentiles, slave and free, rich and poor, black and white, And he poured out his spirit upon us. And from that moment, we've been being, being built into a spiritual temple in the Lord. We are the temple of the Lord. We carry the presence and the power of the living God. Each one of us in our own bodies and in our fellowship in the church, a community of peace and peacemaking. 
But how difficult it is to hear that, that message. We had a family in our church in La Cañada, and there were others. We had two sons, both being drafted, one of them serving two terms in Vietnam, loved riding in the helicopter gunships and killing people, never had a greater adrenaline rush. The other son was asking me to write letters to his draft board to help him get a conscientious objector status so he could serve the nation in an alternative way. Family was split and in great conflict, and they invited me to come in to help mediate, to make peace. I've never known quite how that worked out, but I know it was difficult, and I was scared to death for their family as well as for myself. So at that time, there were many things happening. And on that Sunday, Thanksgiving Sunday, 1968, I preached this sermon about the gospel of peace that had been articulated in our, in our confession of 1967 that is a solid exposition of the gospel of peace around the great divides of the 1960s in America and in the world. I finished my sermon and I went to the door that morning People went out. Most people were really gracious. Young associate pastor, I wonder what my head of staff thought about me. But he had preached in many of the same ways. One fellow went out and he, and he asked me, are you a communist? And another walked out and said, are you a member of the John Birch Society? I thought to myself, you know, well, I've pretty much framed the issue here. Somewhere in between, maybe I said something that was right. But who knows? Because it was a time in which the nation was divided. Our leaders were divided. Our political parties were divided. We were at war in the life of our nation over issues of peace. Morris West wrote a book that year called The Shoes of the Fisherman. It's a story of a Roman Catholic priest who had spent 20 years of hard labor in a Siberian labor camp because of his faith. He was released and then miraculously he was appointed as the next pope of the Roman Catholic Church just at the time when the world was ready to cave in on itself. And there was a severe threat of a nuclear war. The Chinese were threatening the Russians and over a border boundary issue. The economic policy of the U.S. had caused famine to spread in China. As a last-ditch effort to save the world, the new pope was called to the Kremlin in Moscow to dialogue, to have conversation with the premier of the Soviet Union and the leader of, of China in the hope that he might be able to make peace. And the deal they struck was this. That if the church, in a self-sacrificing act of love, would sell off all of its properties and treasures and help feed the nations, 
that maybe war could be averted. And it was one of the most powerful, touching scenes I've ever seen in a movie of the Pope in a spirit of freedom, what some would call an act of naivety, of gullibility, a fiction that could never happen, led the church in helping to save the world for the sake of making God's peace amongst the nations. Since then, I've come to understand, not that I didn't know it in the 60s, but over the years in ministry, realize that the work of peacemaking begins in every one of our hearts. For all of our hearts are broken and wounded from our own inability to accept ourselves, to love ourselves, our own inability to be right with God, to live in right relationship with God. To how we live in our families. How we think about one another as fellow members of a congregation. And indeed, how we think of a nation divided between red and blue, hawks and doves. It goes on and on. In the middle of it stands the cross of Jesus Christ and the table that is before us this morning, the table of his peace, the table of his, his healing love, a table that says to us how great the cost was for God in acting to heal the world, to restore its shalom, to bring about wholeness and well-being in human life and in every family, church, and nation. The task is not yet complete, but thanks be to God. We know who is sovereign Lord of history. He is triumphant in the death and resurrection of Jesus, and he's alive in our hearts today. Thanks be to God.
Lord, we praise you with your church from every land and every tongue. For you alone speak the language of every heart. We give you thanks that there is no corner of the earth that is outside of your love. In a world that does not know the things that make for peace, only you bring reconciliation and true shalom. And so we pray for your shalom in Jerusalem, throughout the Middle East, around the world, in each nation, and in each home that is torn apart by conflict and division. We pray for your church in all its own struggles and in the parts of the world where it is dangerous to name you as Lord. We pray for shalom for the anxieties and fears that overwhelm as each week we have prayed for the people who have been in the path of storms, today we pray for the people of Puerto Rico. We ask for restoration and for hope. As we bring you these gifts, we ask that you will use them and that you will use us, that by the power of your spirit, you will make us peacemakers and a healing presence in this needy world. Amen. You may be seated. The invitation to our Lord's table is uh, printed in the bulletin. It is responsive. I invite you to follow along with me. From east and west, from north and south, people will come and take their places at the banquet in the kingdom of God. Around the world, people gather to break bread and pour wine. We, we gather, gather with, with them, them in, in heart, heart and, and mind. mind. Around the world, a broken body is made whole. As, As part, part of, of that, that body, body, we join, join in its, its unity. unity. Around the world, the banquet of God is prepared for the table. Come to this table, you who have much faith, and you who would like to have more, you who have been to this sacrament often, and you who have not been for a long time, you who have tried to follow Jesus, and you who have failed. Come. It, it is, is Christ, Christ who invites us to meet, to meet him, him here. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Happy are those who take refuge in him. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, we give you thanks, for in the beginning you hovered amidst the chaos and spoke beauty into the world. You formed us from the dust of the earth, and your breath filled us. But we rejected you and your ways only to realize that we had been introduced brokenness into the world. We spoke our own words of destruction that threatened to drown out your voice of creation. And so you again entered the chaos embodied in Jesus, breathing healing and life. Lord Jesus, you healed the sick, fed the hungry, and shared meals with sinners. Though this broken world broke your body. You burst forth from the tomb in the glory of resurrection. By your life, death, and resurrection, you delivered us from sin and death. 
By your spirit, you dwell amongst us, inviting us to be part of your kingdom of justice and peace and reconciliation. So with all your people around the world and throughout the ages, we have become your family, brothers and sisters through his blood, one body, sharing one bread and one cup, one Lord of all. How grateful we are that you invite us here to this table, which reaches back through the centuries and around the world. So pour your spirit on us, that the bread we break and the cup we bless may be for us the body and blood of Christ. Even as we pray for the day when your will is done on earth as in heaven, saying, Our Father, Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. On the night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took bread. And after giving thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, This is my body given for you. Do this, remembering me. And after supper, Jesus took the cup and said, This cup is the new covenant, sealed in my blood. As often as you eat this bread and drink from this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our ushers will bring you a row at a time. We invite you to come and take a piece of bread, dip it in the cup, commune, and prayerfully return to your seats. But also remind you that we have some beautiful breads on this table breads of all peoples. Uh, after the service this morning, these breads are going to be available for us to enjoy out on the patio. So don't miss that as an opportunity. Would our elders please come?
The peace of Christ be with you and also with you. Participate in the benediction this morning by turning to your neighbor, shake hands, say good morning, and say the peace of Christ be with you. Amen.